You're listening to the A Day in Progress podcast, episode 11. Welcome to A Day in Progress, the productivity podcast for women working on themselves for themselves. We give you a glimpse into the daily routines of inspiring women, including the morning and evening regimes, productivity hacks, and planning tools that set them up for success. Now here's your host, journalist, copywriter, and editor of agirlinprogress.com, Emma Norris. This episode of the A Day in Progress podcast is sponsored by Scratch and Jotter. There's one thing I've learned from interviewing all the amazing women on this podcast, it's that everyone has their own productivity toolkit to help them slay their day. Some women live by their weekly planner or daily to-do list, while others thrive on bullet journaling or love the flexibility of an undated planner. But if they all have one thing in common, is that they do their best work in an organised, inspiring space. With online stationery boutique Scratch and Jotter, you can find everything you need for a creative, organised and refined workspace. From gorgeous diaries and planners to must-have office supplies, they have the best range of Australian and international stationery. Head to scratchandjotter.com.au to uplevel your desk situation and turbocharge your productivity today. Oh, and if you subscribe via the pop-up on their website, you'll get a code for free shipping on your first order. How good is that? Annika Vanderbroek is the multi-award winning founder and CEO of Rufus & Coco, Australia's fastest growing pet care brand. She started her career managing some of Australia's biggest brands like David Jones and Blackmores before noticing a gap in the market for high quality pet supplies. In today's podcast, I chat to Annika about her dynamic and flexible approach to work, why visualization and mindfulness play such a big part in her daily life, why she's embraced the fact that there's no such thing as balance as a working mom and so much more. Hi, Annika. Hi, Emma. How are you? Excellent. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, grateful to be here. Thank you. Pleasure to have you. So you are the founder and CEO of your own company, Rufus and & Coco, um, and you guys do really high-quality pet supplies, um, but you actually come from a marketing background, right? So I'd love to just hear a little bit about your journey so far and, um, yeah, what made you decide to start your business? Oh, sure. Look, I've always had a passion for pets. In fact, I've owned over 40 um, Oh, my pets. gosh. <laughs> even at the age of six, I used to breed and sell mice to the local pet store because I determined that mine were prettier than the mountain <laughs> mice that they sold. So I've always had a passion for animals. Um, I've always felt that they, and I just strongly believe today, that pets are really good for humanity, like they're really good for our physical well-being and our mental well-being, and I can't imagine life without them. And many years later, I actually, you know, went on to study actually fashion design, and then I went and did my MBA, all the whilst working at sort of David Jones and then Blackmore's where I was the director of marketing, then onto Pacific Brands where I ran the women's underwear division, so which was more sales marketing general management. And I think, you know, I got to the to the age of I think it was about 35 and kind of went, look, it's about time to, I really wanted to have family. And I just felt that I'd always had a burning desire to have my own business. In fact, that was the reason I took myself 
to do an MBA. I don't think that's necessary per se, but I think that that for me was something that I wanted to do for myself. And yes, yeah, so it was at that time that I thought, right, this is the time that I uh, that I need to make a break and see if I can get something going. And, uh, you know, driven by my passion for animals. And I felt that there was a real lack of fashionable, affordable, desirable and more natural product in the marketplace. And and I felt that that was a gap. And I suppose that's the gap that we've worked, you know, very hard to fill. And I'm really proud to say that now we're Australia's uh, most awarded pet care brand and we sell pet care products in nine countries. Um, wow. In different categories, everything from litter to grooming products to fashionable accessories to scoops to all sorts of things. And that's uh, a little bit of a summary of my journey. Yeah, today. amazing. I had two children actually along the way. How old are your uh, kids? So Saskia is now almost 12 and Saxon's 10. Oh, cool. Gosh. And yeah, I mean, your brand has grown so much. How many years has it been now? Well, Saskia is always a marker of my, um, cause, because of course I had children and started yeah. the business at the same time, which in, in hindsight was complete insanity, but uh, at the time seemed like <laughs> a yeah. good idea. So, so it's 12, 12. I mean, it, we, we actually say we're 11 years old because it yeah. did take a little bit of time, obviously, to, to pull together the branding and the product assortment. Yeah, so you guys are sort of far beyond that startup stage. You know, you've actually got quite a team, don't you? Well, look, we still operate very much like a small business. And, yeah. and um, we've got a team now of 12 um, and, and in three different countries. And I think that, and then we use, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of service providers that we consider part of our team and integral to part of what we yeah. do. Everyone from, you know, warehouses to distributors to designers and all sorts of, you know, suppliers that, yeah. that are very Extended much a, team. A, part yeah. of our, a part of our team. Yeah, mm. very cool. We still operate like a small business. Yeah. I mean, we are still a small business um, yeah. and and rapidly growing. And, and I think in many ways that does set us apart from our competition that are, you know, it's a bit like a David and Goliath where, you know, where our competition is Mars and Nestle, so large global brands. Yeah. Um, but I think the fact that we can be small, nimble, we pay a lot of attention to what we're designing. And in fact, we really work hard to solve consumers' needs in, in our designs of products. So it's often in the way it clicks together or the fabrication or something that's different that pe pet owners understand. Yeah. They're really seeking products that are as good as what they'd buy for themselves. Absolutely. And that's, what we to, that's what we try to do. Do you have yeah. a pet yourself, Emma? No, sadly I don't. So I live in an apartment. Um, <laughs> so I always, always wanted a dog growing up, um, but we didn't have a fence. So my parents moved to the north coast of New South Wales and I stayed in Sydney and they got a dog. So we have like a family dog, but I've never had my own. I've had a cat. <laughs> but um, that's great. Cats are great and I, I would get a cat now, like being in an apartment, but I have sort of have plans to travel a lot next year. So I think after that, sort of move into a house and get the dog that I've always wanted <laughs> and then I can buy yeah. your beautiful supplies. <laughs> well, it's interesting, Emma, because that's actually what you're talking about there is actually something that's so core to something that we've been pioneering yeah. last year, which is the whole push to get allow more pets into um, rented and tenanted accommodation. Yeah, it's such a thing. Yeah. It's a key hindrance. Yeah, and it's completely ridiculous because yeah. in Australia, 5% of properties are advertised as allowing pets. Yeah. In the States, 60% are advertised as allowing pets. And there's no rhyme or reason for it. In fact, the data shows that pets do less damage to property than children. 
and and that that the landlords can actually get more rent and have um, better tenants that are actually more responsible and stay longer therefore saving advertising costs. So we've been, um, it's something very dear to me, trying to change that. And I'm very pleased to say that in Melbourne they did change it. So the, Oh, the, the wow. I would love that, it if it would happen in Sydney. Well, that would be amazing. The, the landlord would have to argue as yeah. to why this person couldn't have an animal. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the, the default being, you know, you can't have an animal. Yeah, well, my parents are actually my landlord, so probably technically I could, but I kind of get, sorry, I'm going a bit off topic here, but I kind of get the impression that my building doesn't allow it. But then I saw yesterday someone put up in a lobby like a petition to stop a pet moving into like one of the apartments. I was like, I'm not signing that. Like, <laughs> I'm all for wow. it. <laughs> I'm going to give like you some help stick next to it as to why it's good to have those animals around yeah exactly like it doesn't hurt me like i would love to have the animals around but anyway so how many pets do you have now oh right now i have two felines Kiska ah. and Nisha, and uh i often refer to them as my first and second born and um, and i'm yeah. often saying to um so we very much think of them like they're part of the family so absolutely so key to the family yeah yeah absolutely so let's get into your daily routine so you live in sydney don't you i do i live in mossman sydney oh very nice very nice area um okay so what time are you normally up in the mornings is that sort of determined by your kids <laughs> no it's actually determined usually by my fitness routine i'll be honest so yep. it depends on what i'm doing that morning i tend to structure my sort of fitness stuff in if you like because that way it gets done and i'm not rethinking it because if you have to book it in every time then you can easily make excuses. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so true. I have to get up at 6 a.m. and do that, or perhaps earlier. So I do a combination of yoga, bar class, running, and, and I firmly believe that your health is your first wealth. Yeah. And um, But I don't do that every day. I do that four times a week, and um, and I sleep in to 7 o'clock on the other days. And, and <laughs> Not much of a sleep in. <laughs> oh, really? It seems like a sleep in to me. <laughs> yeah, in comparison, maybe. <laughs> And the kids, um, you know, the kids will be sleeping in until whenever, until I poke them, really. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you what's the very first thing you do when you wake up, but I guess that would sort of depend on the morning. Like, if you're exercising, is that, do you do that at home or, oh, you said you schedule it in, so you're going to a class? No, I usually do it, usually that's outside yeah, the yeah. house somewhere. Yeah. And, um, and look, if it's not that, I, if, I'm, if I'm not doing exercise that morning, really, it's a, it's a um, family routine of... Yeah you know, um, being home and getting Saskia and Saxon ready for school and yep. making sure their lunch boxes are packed and giving cats food and making sure everyone gets out the door with all their homework. And, you know, and it's probably at the same time as, as you know, checking the WhatsApp, checking the WeChat, because a lot of our Chinese suppliers are on ah, WeChat. Oh, right, yeah. So we have a communications channel, which is Slack, yep. checking your emails, um, checking your text messages, uh, check the currency, and you know uh, we have I have a team in the in the states, and so some of the messages, you know, they they know that sort of after six a.m. I'm I'm available to talk, and yep. so usually, you know usually there's at least four commu communication things that need to be addressed. Talking to night time is not as effective. <laughs> yeah, so you're a morning person then. Do you sort of have any boundaries around like what time you're on that, or is that just kind of like as soon as you wake up, you're you're good to go on those? You know, not really. No, I don't. I I work dynamically. I think this whole yeah. idea of I just work dynamically. So I work when I want to work, and I work when I need to work, yeah. and and I sort of treat it like it's a flow. 
opposed to, I know people talk about balance and yep. having this thing and whatever. There is actually no way I could balance everything I need have in my life on one day. So therefore yep. it's all about choosing my priorities and focus for the day and just being comfortable with letting the other things go until I need to pick them up again. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I think it's a big thing now about like almost a trend to be like, I've got these boundaries and I'm like only going to check these things like three times a day. And that's like great in theory, but it can actually, I don't know, make you more stressed because you're like, I don't know, it's like just another thing that you have to stick to, I guess. I think what's interesting this morning, I went I went with one of our customers to breakfast this morning and and she was having her dog groomed at our new salon downstairs. It's called the first salon. Cool. Um, and uh, which is on military road we have our op- office upstairs from it and um so i had my phone on which is something i would not do because but yep. i was ma- making sure that we knew when her dog was finished being groomed so we could come back to the to pick up her dog and anyway honestly i probably got 50 messages in that time and so i do think there's you know for depending on the type of personality you are that can be exceptionally stressful yeah. Um, and, and ordinarily, I would not have technology with me while I'm having a conversation with someone um, unless there was a purpose to it because you can't be present for that conversation. And so that's a general rule and I keep that rule at home as well. So when I get home, I put my phone away and we have a rule which is no technology at the table and I don't pick up that phone again unless the kids ask me a really cryptic question on why the earth is rotating. Such yeah. <laughs> or you know and then I'll pick it up again once I go to bed um, yeah. and I think those sorts of disciplines and boundaries are very effective because otherwise you feel like you're never present to serve anything or anyone including yourself yeah so, so you know I think it's a bit of a mix really but it's, yeah. look, it's what it's worth what works for you really. yeah exactly yeah yeah and so do you normally drink coffee in the mornings Ah, up until about six months ago. Um, now I drink decaf with almond milk. Um, so <laughs> I used to be one of those people who was like, oh, yeah, I have my first coffee and then I have my second coffee and then yeah. I have my third coffee. I just felt that it, it wasn't serving me. Um, I'm already a high-energy person. Mm. Um, in fact, most people would wish they could give me some, some drink to, to calm me down. <laughs> uh, so, And I do find now that having not had it, uh, for such a long time that when I do have it because I sort of someone buys me one and I and of course I'm just grateful that they have you know I have some I can really feel my heart racing so so I really I used to think there's no way I could even open my eyes without this stuff but it, it's amazing how I actually feel so much better without that now. yeah well sometimes it's almost just the ritual of having it which you still get oh, with really recap I completely yeah. agree yeah, yeah, rather than the actual caffeine. Um, and so are you a breakfast person? Will you normally have breakfast at home before you go into the office? No. No, I generally don't eat in the morning till about 11 o'clock yep. and then I'm eating lunch. Um, I, I, if I haven't had a decent dinner the night before, which sometimes happens, mm. uh, depends where I am and what I'm doing, then and if I'm starving, I'll go and eat some eggs. And uh, usually I'll text one of the team members and go, I'm at the coffee shop, come and join me. And it's a good way to have a quick catch up with them and, you know, kind of um, do two things at one time and, of course, get to spend some time with them. So that doesn't happen very often. Usually it's, usually I just have orange juice in the morning, get kids breakfast. And I just, I just don't, I've never really been a breakfast person. It's funny. Yeah. 
I guess, like, like you said before, it's what works for you. How do you plan out your days and weeks? Do you use like just your calendar or like a paper planner? Yeah, no, I, I use, I think planning is so key. Mm. And, you know, there's a quote that says the only, the, there is only one thing more precious than our time. And that's what we spend it on. Yeah. So I'm a time Nazi. And when people kind of often say to me, but how is it you do all of that? It's like, because I know I, I'm very clear on what I want to achieve today, tomorrow, next week, next year, three years from now in my mind. And I make sure that I make time for those things. So including kids, you know, I pick up my kids from school two afternoons a week. I'm always home for dinner at six o'clock with the exception of one to two nights a week that I go out. But even then, I just find for me that if, I, if I'm out more than two nights in the week, uh, I try to keep it to one that the balance throws out and I'm yeah. no longer, because I'm home too late and I'm no longer effective. So planning is key. I use an Outlook diary. Mm-hmm. And in that Outlook diary, honestly, it's like everything from what's happening with the kids' life and their day, what's happening with my, you know, I might even diarise what's happening in my friend's life. I mentor for people, you know, maybe it's something that was key to them that I had to get in touch with them for that day. And, of course, all my work stuff and, and then just time out. Like within a day I might kind of go, right, do not book anything in for these four hours. Yeah. I actually need to sort this out in my brain. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm planning I think is absolutely key yeah, absolutely. So you're sort of planning like white space into your days as well. Like are you sort of planning time yeah. for you? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And look, sometimes, not very often, but, you know, sometimes I will, you know, because I choose to be in the office and I love being in the office at the tent. Yeah. Sometimes I find I am better at home to sort certain stuff out or I'm better to go and meet someone to see if they can help me with the current challenge or some yeah. new thinking on whatever it is that I need to solve for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what about um, setting goals? Like, are you someone who will write down your goals? Like, even like, I guess both on a personal level and like team wide as well. I am a goal <laughs> Nazi. <laughs> I think it's so. Look, I think it's so important, and it might not actually be. You know, it could actually be. I'm even quite big into putting together painted pictures of what that could look like, and and I think as the leader of the business you know, you are the one that sets the vision ahead. Mm. You know, you're always visioning ahead. And we do this fantastic exercise with the team every year, which is called a painted picture, which is the idea is if you were to see a movie to its end, you know, you know how the movie's going to end and you've seen all the scenes. The idea is to create the movie of the business, if you like, scenes that have happened. And what will we look like when we get to the end of the movie? You know, what does it look like, feel like, what will we be doing differently and everyone has input into the painted picture. And I have to say, I started this about three and a half, maybe four years ago. Mm-hmm. And the first time we put together a painted picture, it honestly seemed like pie in the sky dreaming, where we had all these ideas on there on being in all these countries and owning our own pet friendly offices and turning over a certain amount of money and, you know, what our days would be like. And, 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 you know, also the, the work that we do with not-for-profit organisations is a very big part of what we do here at Rips and Coco. And I have to say, when we did it, we were so proud of, like, we, we created it. And then in my mind as the leader, I'm thinking, holy Toledo, how are we going to do that? <laughs> but I think the very fact that you write it down in everyone's mind, and it's not like a, you, it, in everyone's mind, it sets an intention and it yeah. creates like a flow. and a, Momentum. You know, 
And it does, get, I mean, now I'm so proud to say that we have achieved that vision. We're on to our next vision. Yeah, that's and, what I was going to ask. Like, it's so crazy. It's kind of like, I mean, the law of attraction thing is a bit woo-woo, but there's definitely something to it. Like, yeah, it's crazy how much visualising can just, you know, make an impact. Well, and I think that's where, as the leader of the business, you need to you need to be your best self. Mm. And I think it's really important to, you know, there's, there's a great quote that I love, which is there's only one corner of the universe you can be certain of improving and that is your own self. Wow, and, yeah. And I think that that's so true. And yeah. so, you know, like I would say that certainly I aim to be my best self and I'm constantly working on improving myself. And, and I think that, um, you know, I think that, that it's that also that level of sort of, self-awareness and time for yourself means that you then have time to work with other people. You have, you have more of an abundant thinking and you, you, you know, then opposed to sort of thinking about, you know, holy to let, you know, how am I going to fit everything in today? And, yeah. You know, you're sort of thinking more abundantly than in lack. Yeah. And what sort of things do you do when you do have that sort of time for self-development? Is it reading books, listening to podcasts, mindfulness? Yeah, I think it's everything from, I'm not a great meditator, but, but I do try on occasion, especially if I'm stuck on something. I find yoga. Like, honestly, I find yoga my best meditation. Those four corners of that mat and, you know, it's almost like my brain goes for a walk and, you know, it re I really find space and I'm not really thinking of anything in that time. And then, you know, you get to Shavasana and, and you're like, wow, where did that hour and a half go? You know, like the time yeah. just goes in that moment. I really find that good. Yeah. You know, I've taken up, I've taken up soft sand running because I was out with my girlfriends and they, they both run and they, and I said to them, well, I've never been a runner. You know, what does it take to, can you give me some tips on how to do this? And they said, Annika, you need to, and one of them turned around. She's, she's gorgeous. She's Lucinda um, Bremberg. She's the, she's the HR director for Virgin Australia. And she turned yeah. around to me and she said, Annika, what you need to do is you need to set your alarm, get up, get dressed and start running. Yeah. Went, oh. that's the hardest part just start <laughs> it's the whole just do it thing right so, yeah. so she kind of and I do find that really I think I think as well because you do it without your shoes on and so that whole idea of earthing it's grounding yeah touching the sand yeah so I find that real good I think walking in nature I find really good and look just time with the kids yeah um, you know kids are really a really great distraction and uh, well, just well, distraction is not the right word, but they I know what you mean, though. Yeah, you can't really think of anything else when you're hanging out with them. Well, you know, you've got two people talking to you at the same time. I think they say that kids say mummy, you know, like 2,000 times a day or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously, at school most of the time now, but you know, yeah. it's a, if you really have to be thinking about what they're saying to you, and so you can't, it, you can't be obsessing about the work problem all the time. That, that also finds find some space but look I also belong to the entrepreneurs organization which is an organization that connects about 14,000 entrepreneurs worldwide wow. I mentor um, I mentor for people with businesses that accelerator type businesses that yep. are turning over half a million dollars and I find those people really inspiring and you talked about podcasts and reading and listening to music and certainly yep. I do all those things but usually when I travel yeah well that's what I was going to ask you about next yeah. Like whether you have a commute to work. 
I'm so fortunate in that um, we now own 525 Military Road and um, it is about four blocks from my house. And so I now have the privilege of being able to walk to work. Oh, great. Um, I'm planning to add to that actually an office cat that I'm going to put in the backpack with me and bring oh, to work. I um, love that. So, so, yes, look, I think that's the nirvana, isn't it? Being able yeah. to be work and live so so close together. Yeah, and even just walking to work, like compared to driving or commuting on the bus, like it's just a different headspace, I think. Absolutely. It's, you know, one of my friends, he owns a scooter. And if I'm on the back of that scooter, I'm like, I know why you love this. Because you just yeah. feel so much more connected to everything. Else. And trust me, I don't love it if it's freezing cold. Most of the time I love it, you know, because you're really connected to what's happening outside of yeah. the car. It's sort of like everyone's 100%. little yeah. Lego sort of line to try and get to the corner. and you know. Yeah, especially as a passenger, like because my boyfriend has a motorbike and like I love being on the back of it because and he's obviously focusing on driving, but I'm seeing everything around, like enjoying the fresh air. It's really good. Yeah. Yes, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> and so are you just, are, do you listen to music or podcasts then during your walk or are you just kind of just enjoying it? So I guess it's not certainly a super long walk. I'm, certainly if I'm running, I'm listening to music. Yeah. Um, I, I need the music to keep going. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I'd run the same <laughs> with yeah. a podcast. I think I'd slow down probably to a walk. Yeah. Um, and look, I find that I can't have it while I work terrible i'm usually i find it really distracting i'm listening to the words and not thinking about what i'm doing i've always been like that actually every single person has said that so far pretty much and i'm the same like if you're writing i feel like it's impossible to listen to a podcast like either one you're not going to be paying attention to <laughs> yeah i um but you know at home i have that great sonos system at home and yeah. you know i everywhere i go i'm but there's always music playing and sometimes so loud that the friends are knocking at the front door they're like oh gosh you can never hear me I'm like well just come in anyway you know like yeah <laughs> so you know we've always got music going in the, in the house but certainly to yeah. work no I just need to think about what I'm doing yeah yeah and what sort of music do you listen to oh such a great variety of like honestly I mean didn't everyone get into Queen after that movie I went yes <laughs> And so um, but look, everything from pop to sometimes I do classical. Sometimes I do meditation style music. Yeah, um, I do definitely like to mix it up. Sometimes I do classical. You know, sometimes the kids kids get my phone and you know they're fighting over what's the next song in the queue. And my daughter, so she's usually at the top of her voice with the song. Yeah, awesome. And so I mean, I'm sure this varies a lot, but what does your average day sort of look like? Are you normally running between meetings? Are you, you know, doing work in the office? Uh, increasingly, I don't sit down much, it seems. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I think it's, it always starts with catching up with the unicorn. So I've got, I always call the unicorns my people, my team, yeah. because they're an amazing team that sort of create mag magic Aww. every day. That's really uh, sweet. They are awesome. And it does take a certain type of person to work for Roofs and Coco. You know, usually they're quite entrepreneurial at heart, yeah. um, very driven, um, self-starters. Mm. You know, they sort of go the extra mile. They're a really fantastic team. So they're really, we work on, I really try and get focused on what the key things I need to solve for. So whether it be strategic projects, whether it be new product designs, whether it be the cash and sales, you know, sometimes it's getting across manufacturing opportunities, development, um, or even issues. Certainly troubleshooting roadblocks for the team. You know, where are we stuck? Why is that stuck? How do we fix it? What does the customer say? Why aren't they happy? Let's fix that. You know, we really 
put customers first and we want them to, you know, deal with us and kind of go, this is nothing else they could have done for us. Yeah. You know, we want their experience. And, you know, one of my favourite things is working with the Animal Welfare Foundation to on their great work to achieve zero, zero euthanasia in Australia right now. 100,000 animals are euthanized every year. Oh my God. Um, the animals because they're unable to be rehomed. And oh, hence, my towards allowing more people to have more pets because people want to own pets, but they're prohibited from doing so because of the renting and tenanted. So, you know, we do some work on that. And, and I have to say, I'm just in and out. Um, yeah. And I, I think the other day I was like, have I actually sat in this office yet? Oh, and <laughs> just it's like, but, but I like it like that. It's very varied. Yeah, I was going to ask if you sort of thrive off that, like, you know, doing lots of different things and running between things. I really, it's well, it suits me. I can't do it every day of the week. It takes a yeah. lot of energy because, you know, you, you know, often I'm out with different people and, you know, I think, I think you just, energy management is key. Yeah. Yeah. And what are some ways that you do that? Well, I think all those things that I've talked about before, you know, yeah. like self-care is yeah. so important. So what are you doing for your own self-care? Um, the whole analogy of, you know, you you can't fill someone else's cup if yours is yeah. empty. And look, aside from that, all the, all the, you know, the training. And I think what you eat actually yeah. is so important. And I choose what I eat very carefully. Yeah. Um, I'm not completely, you know, uh, obsessed about it, but certainly I do watch, watch it carefully because you can actually see how, you know, sugar can affect your moods. You know, it does actually you know, affect, affect the way you think even. Um, and then just all those other things that we talked about, like in terms of, you know, reading podcasts, spending yeah, time, time for yourself. Time yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that brings me to what I was going to ask you. So what are you normally having for lunch and are you normally having it at your desk or sort of on the go? Uh, it depends where I am, but, but I'd say probably usually at my desk, you know, it's, <laughs> look, it's usually sushi yeah. or a salad. Nine, basically, and always, you know, the, the team are always laughing that you can see like a trail of nuts behind me. I'm a bit like a chimp monk. So I eat a lot of nuts. And yeah. uh, just because I find them very nutritious, filling, good, good source of protein. And, um, and I just find that they sort of fill you up. Um, yeah. So if you've got nuts and an apple very close by to me in my, I've got like a, a backpack that I carry in my laptop. And so even if I'm at a meeting, you know, I'm hungry. Uh, I'll eat you know, nuts as I go. So um, yeah, usually it's at my usually it's my desk. Yeah, yeah. And random question, but I would love to know, and I'm sure some of our listeners would, because I'm always looking for good backpacks with laptop sleeves. So what backpack do you use? A very fancy one that I picked up in um, New York. It's by Alexander McQueen, oh. um, and yeah, it's it's particularly fancy. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It was one of those things that I, I used to just carry it around in a hand, like in a normal laptop yeah. bag. But I just find that the backpack, because I feel like I'm always got, you know, you've got your handbag, then I've got the backpack with the, and I just find I can sort of move around more easily if I've got it yeah. on my shoulder. Hands free. Yeah. Shoulder. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and so do you travel a lot for work? I do, I do. So I go overseas probably every six weeks. Oh, my God. And, um, oh, look, I love it. I love it. So I usually go to America or Asia and, you know, so it's either designing product, um, meeting with customers or, you know, attending trade yeah. shows that yeah. you need to attend. 
yeah, so about every six weeks. I don't love the fact that Australia being the best country on the planet is such a long way from all it's the other countries. so far <laughs> from anything. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, we're still at the point where we, we're not flying flat. So I'm working on that. Yeah. Um, and so that, you know, that takes a toll. But I genuinely love it because I think getting away from your desk and talking to other people, you know, you, you always learn something. And, you know, sitting behind your desk and just doing your job, you know, you just not, you don't get that same living inspiration. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of my best product ideas have come up from a random conversation with someone somewhere or something I've seen that I thought we could change around or, you know, and and likewise with some of the best ideas will stop. You know, yeah. even in terms of how people run their businesses, I'm like, oh, we could do that. Yeah, yeah, different perspectives. So what do your work hours sort of normally look like? Do you sort of have a cutoff time that you're home? They are all over the shop, Emma. Yeah. <laughs> so I work full time and yeah. so they usually I drop the kids to school and I pick them up twice a week at 3 o'clock and I aim to be home for dinner. So then within that other time, I, you know, generally I'm working um, and then look occasionally on the, occasionally at night I'll pick up again, occasionally on the weekend I'll pick up again and sometimes it's just a fluid thing. Right now we have been, you know, we, we moved offices, we created a new service called the First Salon, which is Australia's premier um, grooming salon for pets yeah. and um, literally we opened our doors this morning, which is super exciting. Congratulations. Uh, thank you so much mm-hmm. and it looks amazing and so I have to say my friend reminded me last night um, after I had the kids in here last night helping me unpack boxes so that we could set up the retail space. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it was 7.30. I'm like, where are you? She's like, I'll meet you at the pub for fish tacos and rosé. I was like, perfect. So she reminded me that I worked a lot of hours actually on the weekends since yeah. certainly 2nd of January. It's not always the case. Usually I try to keep my work within the week, you know, and really within the day. But I always find, you know, someone said to me, certainly an entrepreneur's organisation member who was trying to establish a business said, you make it look so effortless, Annika. Why, what are you doing that's so... I said, I, I'm glad that it looks effortless, but trust me, this has been... I think I've worked, not all day, but I've probably worked every day since the 2nd of January. Yeah. Now, that might sound... You know, I might have only done half an hour of work on the weekend or I might have done a full day of work because I could. Or, But it's been... You know, when you're trying to set something new up, you know, what you give energy to gets done. And, and there's no there's no way around kind of like just it doesn't miraculously appear without your vision and your determination yeah. and you're getting it done. You know, like this morning I was in here at 7.30 wiping dust off shelves. You know, I think I think that's also great role modelling for the team, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You've got that passion behind it as well. So I'm sure it like it doesn't feel like a chore because you love it so much. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's the key, isn't it? you know, you've got to be involved in doing things that you love. Yeah. And it sounds like you're sort of quite hands-on with things in the office. What's the sort of vibe like in your office? Have you guys always got music playing or is it fun, loud kind of office? I think it depends. I think it's been pretty full on. I don't It's been really full on moving office. Like I've sort of yeah. forgotten how many samples we had, that had to go through and we had sort of like all our customers wanted to see us at the same time. And then we've yeah. been in so many different countries and then opening up a different service. And right now, it's sort of like, I think everyone's sort of a bit worked out, I have to say. Yeah. You know, that said, we've got a Sonos in the office. You know, we've now got pet-friendly offices. Yeah. And we do have, you, we have a lot of celebrations as a team. Um, we've got awards that we have as a team. Yeah. You know, when people 
if people have an anniversary, we give them champagne. Uh, we have Wine Wednesday where, um, you know, we all get together casually and just have a glass of wine together if we're free that night. Um, so we do do a lot of things to keep us together. We're very tight-knit. Everyone knows each other well. We make a point of, you know, making sure everyone's happy and okay and you know it's but everyone's very hard working very much like i've got a job to do and i'm in here to do it and yep. um, occasionally you'll hear like a roar of laughter or someone yep. kind of like but but generally people are heads down bums up sounds awesome and so what do your evenings normally look like do you guys all have dinner together at the table like do you watch any shows together so dinner's at six at my house, which is great because if you eat lunch at 11, you're usually starving to death. And so usually for me, that's, um, you know, dinner with the kids at six. And yeah. then usually we have some sort of game or we will, kids love Monopoly at the moment. So we might have a rolling Monopoly game that we yeah. keep pulling food on the table and making sure no one tries to get made there. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and look, occasionally, you know, I started to play for the war on waste. So we do, we generally have, I've got a tech-free house, so the kids yep. don't have iPads or phones. Oh, wow. Um, I do that because I believe that it's very important to teach them to be mindful. Yep. And I believe that even for adults, we're so distracted by our technology. Yep. And, and I don't think the kids have the skills yet to be able to control. So, of course, when Saskia has to travel further for school next year, she I will give her a phone, but I'll be taking it off her when she comes home at night. Yeah. Um, Yep. And I think that's a really important thing. So um, so kids and games, uh, we try, they watch television a couple of nights a week, uh, but generally we don't do TV. I try to get them to read books. Sometimes, you know, I'm reading reading a page and they're reading a page, you know, a bit of herbal tea and put the phone away after 9.30. That's usually the last thing I do is look at all those channels that I mentioned earlier and see what's kind of come in. But I find that if I don't put that phone away, I've got friends that I call vampires and I don't know, it seems like they will start talking to me at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And so, you know, if I, I need to put it away so that otherwise I'm going to be talking to them at 12 o'clock at night still, you know. Uh, so I need to put that fine away for myself even. Uh, otherwise I find that I'm, you know, don't sleep so well. I, yeah. I generally don't watch television. I may pick up a book. Sometimes I'm just happy just to sit in silence and kind of ponder. Yeah. And what book are you reading at the moment? So my friend Pauline Nijan just released a book called The Spiritual Entrepreneur and I was very privileged. She gifted me a copy and it's uh -huh. an amazing about how to be, you know, a better entrepreneur and a better person Yeah, and uh, by increasing your, I suppose, your level of spirit. Yeah, sounds great. I'm sure our listeners, it sounds right up our listeners, Ali. What time do you normally go to bed? So it's about 10.30 and look, it, it does depend. If I've got, if I've got 6am yoga, I'll try to be asleep before that because usually I have to get up then at 5.30 to get there for that. So, so, but usually around, usually around 10.30 and, and yeah, my last thing I would do really is to make myself this great cup of tea that's chamomile that has fresh ginger and honey in it. So usually that's the last yeah. thing. That sounds kind of, very yeah. relaxing. <laughs> Even my friends know me for that tea because usually they're, if they're around talking about something, what tea? They're like, do you have that tea that you make? I'm like, oh. <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> um, and so what do you normally do on the weekends? Is it normally doing things with kids? Or like you said, I guess you said you've been doing a little bit of work in recent times. Well, look, one thing that we do generally, I, I like 
all the time on a Sunday is we have family and friends over. So we have like an open house and um, on a Sunday, usually at about five o'clock and it's, it's dinner and, yep. and I usually make a spaghetti bolognese and a, what, what we've called a mama cake, which is basically a dark chocolate almond meal taught cake that I make and and friends text me on the Sunday they're like have you got anyone tonight can we come tonight (laughs) and and it's great because then we get to have the friends and you know extended friends and family because my friends really are like my family yeah and you know they come over and it's usually just for a couple of hours everyone eats spaghetti bolognese I usually eat mine on salad so because I avoid wheat and you know they we have a great catch up and and then everyone goes and so that's something that we always do and look my weekends then vary between having kids and not having kids so I'm yeah. I'm a single parent yeah and so we rotate the kids and so if I have the kids it's usually a variety of kids activities and what I try to do is organize mini getaways or an adventure so it could yeah. actually be that we've never done the nature walk from this point to that point or that there's a new water park that's opened up that we'll go check out. Or I always try and do something out of the house because I feel that when you're with the kids in the house, you can be very stuck on household chores. Yeah. And your whole thing can be sucked into that. I hate that. Yeah. Um, so I try to, you know, put out the word and find something fun to do, um, even if it's in the city or a new exhibition that's opened. Or So if I'm without kids, it usually involves yoga, nature walks, um, seeing friends or seeing the latest band or show. Um, I'm always up for an adventure. So fortunately yeah. I've got the most incredible friends. And I think it's, you know, it is important to choose the friends that you keep. Uh, yeah. Because I do think they're a reflection of how you operate. And and I've got the most, I'm very blessed to have amazing ones. And so usually they're up to something pretty cool. And, you know, between all of us, we find something fun to do. Yeah, you actually have a lot in common with um, my last guest, Pippa Hallis, who's CEO. Oh, of Elevation. I was going to say, I bet you guys are friends. Like, because yeah. you, you have so much in common, like, even just like going on adventures on the weekends and with the kids. Yeah, that's like, yeah, all right. You said. <laughs> I'll text her after this and let her know. Oh, yeah, that's so funny. Um, and so, just to finish off, what are your three non negotiables for a successful day? I had three versions of this um, because <laughs> I'd say, you know, the non-PC version is take no shit, yep. give no shit. And, <laughs> and you know, I had sort of a non-PC version. The, the, the three non-negotiables I'd say are focus. Get very clear on what success looks like for you today on that day, yep. what you are planning to do and understand why you're doing it. Like it's not just about I'm doing that because, you know, like I, uh, it's like why am I doing that? Is it actually going to you know, push the needle, spin the, there's actually, what's it doing really? Because yep. otherwise it's really not worth doing it. So get clear on your why within that focus. Um, people, pay attention to people, spend time on the processes. You know, I think being clear on what everyone else is focused on. At the end of the day, you know, most of my great work, my great work is their great work mm. um, because you're the leader in the business. So where are they stuck? You know, help them. And, and I think self-care you know, so you really need to, maturity has taught me that in the importance of self-care and um, I just think that is, it's, it's really key. Amazing. And so where can our listeners find um, Rufus and Coco on social media? Ah, well, we're on Insta, we're on Facebook. You know, obviously we have a website, rufusandcoco.com.au. Yeah, that's where you'll find awesome. us. 
cool. We'll pop those in the show notes as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know you have a very busy and full life, as we've just heard, so really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for thank the time. Thank you so much. Have a great afternoon. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the A Day in Progress podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. And if you're after more life, career and health advice for women working on themselves for themselves, make sure you head on over to agoinprogress.com to check us out.